0: Small doses, self-help from the hip, small doses, we're talking that shit, small doses, and keeping it real, small doses, me and Nana Seals. It's so funky. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. I am slightly irritated right now. We're going to get into this episode, and it is side effects of being a, a, a nerd. And I am a true nerd, or a blurred if you will, a black girl nerd. Uh, for several reasons, not just because of my like vast knowledge of the worlds in which I nerd out to, but because I own it. I feel full in my nerddom. I don't run from my nerddom. And we're going to talk about what that really means. But before we get into that, I'm just, I am just been, I'm just worn out. I'm so fucking worn out literally every single day. There's a new video of cops accosting a black person for nothing. <laughs> literally every single day. And it's like, I just don't know how we... How do you... like? How's everyone doing? How are y'all doing? Because I am so just like high strung and tired and like angry like I'm, I'm all these like disparate emotions all at once and then you have to like you know keep going and I live a very comfortable life and I'm keeping going, so I just be thinking like about mo- motherfuckers who are like still struggling and still, have, and then the people who are actually dealing with this shit in real life, like Chikesia Clemens is having to like actually deal with the fact that Waffle House still has not cho- dropped the charges against her and is backing the employee name, quote unquote, Goldie, who called the cops on her. And even if 50 did come, they're still gonna acknowledge that like this was okay. Look at the young women who were accosted in Houston's by an off-duty security guard in Atlanta. Like, look at Sterling Brown from Milwaukee Bucks, like the fact that it's just like a day. I can't remember my passwords to my sites because I'm remembering all of the black people's names who are just getting accosted or dying at the hands of police. I I don't even have enough brain space at this point. I don't. I keep having to reset my fucking passwords because I am so bogged down with having to remember how many people this country's law enforcement continues to uh, cost to attack and to harass for no other reason other than being black, and it's like now more than ever it's just so it's just so blatantly clear how the police were born from the Ku Klux Klan, and if you don't know about that, please research. That is where the police were born from. They were born from actually the Ku Klux Klan and searching for and retrieving slaves as property to give back to their owners. That's where the police were from. Overseer, 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 officer, 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 officer. You know, like hold or hold the door. Same shit. See what I just did there? That was for you nerds. Let's get into it. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We dropping. So, the gem droppery of today, nerd versus super fan. It's going to touch some of you guys, okay? Some of you guys are going to feel a little twinge. You're going to feel attacked, you know? But it's all for the best. (laughs) Anytime we drop a gem, it is for the best. So let's get into it. Nerds are individuals who seek information and who look at things intellectually. And in that process, they do that also with uh, like aspects of pop culture. Like when you look at like the nerd, the quintessential nerd, it's not just about like, oh, they're super smart. It's about how they're applying their smarts. You know, they oftentimes get like represented as, you know, dweebs or uh, what's another one? Nerd, dweeb, uh, geek, butt I don't know about that one. But (laughs) the thing about it is that in doing that, it's just showing the spectrum of nerdery. But at the end of the day, nerds are the folks who seek out information, who are intellectuals. And it just so happens that a lot of that also gets not just uh, sequestered in academic space, but also in the pop culture space. Right. Super fans are folks who are simply just rah, rah, shish, boom, rah, about something specific. Uh, we're going to keep it to the pop culture space, but there can be super fans for sports. <coughs> As well, as we all know, right? And I think sometimes what happens is that we cross-pollinate the two and we get things very confused. Like, just because you're a super fan, like, for anime and you just have anime everything, like, that doesn't necessarily make you a nerd. That makes you a super fan of anime. And the one of the biggest characteristics of super fans is that you can't argue with a super fan. You can't. Superfan is like, no, this is the greatest. It is the greatest of all time. So don't tell me anything otherwise because I'm not looking at it intellectually. I'm looking at it emotionally. Superfans are emotionally attached to whatever it is that they are super fanning about. And once you're emotionally attached to something, you know, facts become, you know, ah, mishmash, you know, facts And so that's a lot of times what happens, uh, especially on Tumblr. The land of the super fan, or the fandom, if you will. And if you you anger the wrong fandom, they will come for you. Oh, yes. They will come for you. But the thing about the super fan that's different from the nerd is that it's really all about emotional attachment to the creation. Nerds are not necessarily emotionally attached as much as they're like, ooh, like this feeds me intellectually. I'm a full-time nerd when it comes to the stuff that I like in pop culture because the stuff that I like in pop culture has multi-layers to it for the purpose of nerds like me. Like Harry Potter has super fans that are also nerds, and don't get me wrong, you can be both, but when you are nerding out for Harry Potter, it's not because you're like, I love Luna love good. No. no, nerding out for Harry Potter is being able to tell you all of the horcruxes, okay? Or otherwise known as the seven deathly hollows. Nerding out for Harry Potter is being able to tell you what the Order of the Phoenix is, is being able to say to you, expecto patronum, <laughs> and mean it, okay? Being a nerd for Harry Potter is actually being able to tell you, oh wait, no, I just made a critical error. I may, I know, as I, as I said it, as I said it, I was like, wait, 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 wait. No, there are three Deathly hollows. There is the Elder Wand, there is the Invisibility Cloak, and there is the... Resurrection stone. Yes. And it is represented in the form of a triangle with a circle and a line through it. I know this because I have it on my keychain. Okay. I also know this because I think I'm wearing socks. Oh, no. I'm wearing, sorry, I'm wearing Darth Vader socks today. So there's that. Now, the nerd in me, the nerd in me is like, Amanda, you have made a critical error. And you need to correct it. The super fan in me is like, I can't believe you didn't know that. You're not really down with Harry Potter. And it's like, okay, first off, super fan, relax. All right? I truly am down with Harry Potter. That's why I even knew that I made a mistake in the first place. So relax, okay? The super fan is the one who's like Gryffindor every time. You know what I mean? Because like that's like considered like the cool house because it's Harry's house. And it's like, oh, come on. Come on. The nerd, you know who real true Harry Potter nerds are? Ravenclaws. Real Harry Potter nerds are typically Ravenclaws. Don't get me wrong, y'all. I feel like I'm Ravenclaw in the mind. But every sorting hat I have ever done has said I'm Gryffindor. Because of my courageousness. Okay? It's because of my courageousness. It might also be because of my hair. I look like a lion today. So it's not that there's anything wrong with being a super fan. And it's not like there's anything wrong with being a nerd, but we have to acknowledge the difference cuz I feel like sometimes nerds get a bad rap for being very ardent about what they know about what they like. And it's like that doesn't make them a super fan. That just makes them very knowledgeable. When people get on me about Game of Thrones, they want to like start, you know, being like, "Oh, like you're too specific." It's like, "No, no. I'm learned cuz I'm a nerd." I read the books. so happy to see these questions in my DMT because I got to tell you for a second, I was like, I don't know if they're going to respond. Like, I don't know. I don't know how nerdy it's going to go down. But then I forgot, like, my people's y'all are nerds. My squad is nerds. I I always say that my audience is the responsible hoes. I mean, and the responsible part of responsible hoes is nerds. That's why you know your credit score. That's why you have your pap smears up to date. OK, that's why you are getting your taxes done on time. OK, that's the nerds. You're like, wait, I like my shit in order. I want it together and I want to be able to live in my life without any of this extraneous bullshit. That's the nerd in you. okay? the hoe in you is like, let me let whack shit in. And then so that's the conflict that's living within your soul. Um, (laughs) I know that because it's living within mine. Question number one. Why is it so hard for men to conceive that we nerds can be both sexy and nerdy at the same damn time? Funny enough, I basically just talked about that. Yes. I mean, I think what that really is about, let's be real, is, is, is that some guys feel like smarts and intellect is actually a turnoff because it's intimidating to them. So the turnoff off is what makes them feel like you're not sexy. It's not that you're not sexy. It's just that they don't think that, you know, having to actually, like, converse with you or be challenged by you, they find that to be, like, emasculating, you know? So, I mean, listen, look at how many... I mean, I have hoteps all the time. They're like, Amanda Seals Seals is masculine. masculine. She's not not feminine. She's, like, attractive, but but you don't want want to actually, like, have sex with her. her. And I'm like, well, that's great that you guys think that because I don't want to have sex with you. So I'm glad to see that we're on the same page. You know, I feel like for the most part, you know, we have lived in a society that is for a long time considered women being smart to be just a nuisance. Ugh, She's women's woman's like conversation, women want to talk. I've literally heard guys be like, oh, my girl just be wanting to talk. I'm like, is that, why is that a thing? Is that a problem? Really? Just wanting to converse? And then, it's, I've been in situations where it's like, oh, you really just don't want me to talk. You know, you don't want to have like exchange because part of being a nerd is also like just the intensity of knowing what you're talking about. Right. And I know a lot of women who are like, I'm an intense woman. And part of that is you're a freaking nerd. You're really locked in. You're convicted about what you know about because you seek out information and knowledge and intellectualism, whether it has to be with Star Wars or it has to be with black popular culture or it has to be with, you know, statistics. You are like nerdy about it, meaning that you are intensely intellectually connected to it. And. That, like, makes some guys just, like, ooh, grody. It gives them the heebie-jeebies. It gives them the heebie-jeebies that you would be so into anything that's not them. Oh, and don't let you know more about it than them. I dated a guy who got so mad at me because he thought LOL meant meant lots of laughs like legit he thought it meant lots of laughs and I was like no it means laugh out loud and he was like no, no it doesn't joking. I'm like yeah it does you know when you think someone's joking and then they're, you like re- you realize over the course of their like debate that they're they're serious and he was like no, no it's, it's lots awesome. of I was like You're, are are we are we debating right now cuz it it is a fact that it is laugh out loud i'm on the internet every day it's laugh out loud he googled it it, it is confirmed as laugh out loud. And he said, <laughs> well, you have your way and I have mine. <laughs> I went on a date with a guy one, one time, time, guys, guys. One, one time, time. one, one time. time. He wrote me a love note. It wasn't a love note. He just like wrote me like a note. And at the end of the note, he said, uh, you know, maybe we can get together again. And he spelled maybe M-A-B-Y. And I know <laughs> some some of y'all would have let it go. But the nerd slash smartass in me was like, I just can't. So I was like, um, I appreciate the note. Thank you. Uh, asterisk maybe is spelled M-A-Y-B-E. Uh, not my boy. And he said, you have your way and I have mine. So twice I have had men agree to disagree about a fact <laughs> just to not let me be right. That's real. And sadly, (laughs) my bye became, like, an integral part of me and my dorm room's language. And instead of saying my bad, we would say, my bye. (laughs) And um, I dated somebody who y'all know. And he was, like, super smart. But, like, after we broke up, he actually ended up, like, telling me—he apologized to me after and was like, you know, I just want to apologize because I, I was, like, so, like, funny style with you because I used to feel like I had to compete with your intellectualism. And it just made me feel like I needed to try and like like dampen yours. And I'm like, what? like why? why you're why? you know, and he was but he was honest about it. I mean, we ended up becoming friends after that, but I was surprised that he was able to like come to terms with that for himself. but it was interesting just to hear that that was an actualized thing that someone would cop to because a lot of people won't cop to it, but he coped to it and said, "You know, I, I just felt threatened by your by your smarts. So all my nerdy gals out there, like, you still cute." You still sexy. You just smart. Next question. How do you resist the urge to not dumb it down when talking to certain people? Anyone who knows me will tell you that I don't dumb it down, but sometimes I I condescend. Not intentionally. My therapist told me one time that me being condescending is my defense mechanism to not punch people. And I have never punched anybody, so... It's working. It's working. Um, I think the dumbing it down thing, though, can like—especially if the person realizes you're dumbing it down to them—still falls under the condescending ruler. But I think what it is is that it's not that you have to, like, dumb it down. It's just that you meet people where they're at to get the most— results that you're looking for right so sometimes it's like you know if you're speaking to people that don't speak English like you try and speak their language or else they're not really going to get it and I think that's really what it boils down to if I'm talking to somebody who just now so perfect example is like Star Wars like when my mom first saw Star Wars she started at um, Phantom Menace So it's like she doesn't know about the whole history. Rebecca is (laughs) laughing. We she didn't know about the whole history of Star Wars. So like I had to start at a very base level conversation with her about the universe of Star Wars and you know what's taking place and get her up to speed. If I'm talking though to somebody who has seen all of the Star Wars movies, like, we're not going to have a conversation about Force Awakens that starts with, like, okay, so there was Luke Skywalker. No, we're not going to start with that. We're going to start with Clone Wars. That's That's obviously obviously where we're we're going to start. But the reality is, is that it doesn't mean that you, just, like, tempering your conversation for the situation doesn't mean that you're necessarily dumbing it down. It just means that you're using your nerd smarts to understand the dynamics involved with communication and the fact that it changes, depending on who you're talking to and in what context. And, and, you know, it's part of just the nerdiness of it all. When you talk to other nerds, nerd the fuck out, man. Nerd it out. Live your best nerd life. And I think that we don't, I don't want to get us like confused with the fact that like, you, like, you can be smart and not be a nerd. Like, I think that's like very important. Like I know smart guys who are like not nerds. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, they're smart. They're just not nerdy with it. Nerd is like intense intellectualism. That's what it is. It's like very focused. It's like laser, laser focused uh, knowledge finding. And that's what freaks people out. Like, Harry Potter wasn't a nerd. I'm going to bring this back again. Ron Weasley obviously was not a nerd. I mean, come on. (laughs) Hermione Granger, absolutely a nerd. Like, they all, like, managed to get their shit, you know, get their newts and their owls. But when it came down to it, Hermione's the one who was like, "Uh, can I keep the book after class so I can get even more information? That's the nerd. The nerd is extra credit. That's who we are. We're like, can we get more work? Thanks. Because I want to be more informed. So that's how I resist the urge. I don't. I don't resist it. I just adjust next question yeah why can't you be a nerd and be black enough listen So as a comic, this is actually a really interesting one because my comedy is very intellectual based. And even though like you have folks like Dave Chappelle and you have folks like, uh, you know, Chris Rock, of course, who are very intellectual based in their in their comedy, like they're so big that they've almost like transcended blackness in terms of like what they do with their comedic voice. They are icons just as like, I am Dave Chappelle. I am Chris Rock. When you're coming up in comedy, though, and you don't have that type of name and you don't have that type of onus, you know, you kind of get lumped into different spaces. That's why you see like, oh, like this is a women's lineup or this is an alt show or, you know, this is uh, the redneck comedy tour. You know, you get lumped into different spaces for black comedians for so long. It's literally just been like there's only one type of black comedy. And if you don't do comedy that's that style, then you're not considered a black comic anymore. You're considered, quote unquote, alt or any of those other things. And a lot of that was like if you're not if you're if you're doing like strictly intellectually based comedy that doesn't necessarily have a lot of like physical react, physical movement to it or it isn't silly or isn't just like day to day comedy, then it's like, oh, you're not going to relate to a black audience. You're alt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that was always so frustrating me when I first started, because I'm like, nah, like, first of all. Black folks are not just, like, a monolith, and just the same way that comedians aren't a monolith, audiences aren't a monolith, they don't just want to hear just one thing. And the reality is, is that there's millions of ways to, like, approach a topic. Why does it only have to be approached one way? And why, if you approach it from an intellectual standpoint, do you just no longer have a black point of view on it? (laughs) And that's why I started Smart, Funny, and Black. I originally started Smart, Funny, and Black in New York as a a stand-up showcase to create a definitive space where... Where black comics knew they could come and do material that isn't slapsticky and still be in front of an audience that understands and relates to what they're talking about because that's the frustrating part like you're if you're a black comic that is approaching you know black topics in an intellectual space and you can't do it in front of black people you feel like you're just like almost um spilling family business or something or it just feels lonely on stage. You know, because you're like, okay, I know this is funny, but y'all don't like really, really get it. That's the difference between like the chuckle of like, oh, that is funny, and the "Ah!" (laughs) of, I know I get that. I experience that. I relate to that, you know? And so that's what you want. So I started Small Funny in Black because I was like, nah, like I want us to start thinking a broader having a broader understanding and visibility in terms of comedy and in terms of what we consider to be black intellectualism. I mean, that's we have no shortage of black intellectualism. So I wanted it to, like, be able to start permeating the comedic space in a real way. Because black intellectualism is a real thing. I mean, from W.E.B. Du Bois and Booker T. Washington and Ida B. Wells and, you know, ta Coates and Cornel West. I mean, these are all black intellectuals. They are very much a part of like our common day uh, speaking when we talk about what it is to be like black and smart. George Washington Carver, et cetera. And I think that for a long time, especially like when hip hop really blew up, it was almost like that just wasn't considered like the mainstream representation and mainstream representations of things often are what gets prescribed as cool, right? And oftentimes the stereotypes end up taking over and it's like, I don't know when we as black folks started believing that like being smart wasn't black (laughs) like or being or being not even being smart. but Being a nerd means that you're not as black. I I feel like that's bullshit. You know what kind of nerd you have to be to risk your life to learn how to read and write. I mean, come on. Like that was happening in this country under the fucking heading of slavery. Like you're like, I want to learn so bad. I will die for this shit. Like, the nerddom is an, an integral, integrated part of blackness. You can't tell me nothing otherwise. So I know for me, it is my nerdiness that, that brought me deeper into my identity as a black person because I wasn't being taught about our history in my regular school. It wasn't until I got to college and I was like, what? I, I missed out on all of this. I need to immerse, immerse, immerse. And that's the nerd that got me to not only learn about things, but to obsess about it to a point where I become an expert. And that's what nerds do. We become experts. We become experts about what we're interested in. You know, we don't want to just be able to like like it. We want to be able to know it, learn it, and tell you about it. And in the best case scenario, also add to it. That's when it's like super duper great. You know, so I was a nerd about hip hop. And then to be able to become a hip hop artist was like, oh, my God, I was a nerd about comedy. And to this day, to become a stand up and be able to, like, be considered a part of that world that I was nerding out for is like such a trip. But to be black and a nerd is to me like one and the same And doesn't by any means diminish your blackness. And don't let nobody make you feel like it shouldn't. Because that's them prescribing to this idea that says that black can't be intellectual. And that is a lie that has been told. And we will no longer accept it. People I like. Yeah. You know, usually I'm like super duper like energetic and like hype. But our... Our guest today on People I Like is just like super chill, man. And so it's got me in like super chill, man mode. But it doesn't make me like him any less. We, <laughs> we have Ron Fanchette.
1: Nice. Thank you. Thank you. And I didn't know my vibe was affecting you so much. Although that's what I hear. A lot of people say it's fun that it's such a powerful vibe that doesn't do much, it's just laying there. It's just
0: real, like. It's but, just, it's not even, yeah, it's not negative. It's not, it's not toxic. It's just chill. It's just damn. like, oh, I'm here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And my, as you all have seen in the pictures, you know, where we record, it does have a certain level of like relaxation nation to yeah, it. Yeah,
1: it's pretty chill. It seems like this is the place where you would come and relax and, and do your drugs and just kind of like, uh, reminisce about the past <laughs> and, and look at toys and then just <laughs> go through your history. Yeah. <laughs> go through your history. There's so many things. You've lived so many lives. I really have. So many. You've done so much. It makes me feel so unaccomplished. Oh,
0: please. One of your greatest accomplishments is being the... I'm, And I'm not exaggerating when I say this. Ron Punches holds... That's my phone. Ron Funches holds the oh, title. I just thought title. that was a
1: bell that played any time you said my name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that because Brendan will actually make that happen. Ron Funches. <laughs> um, he holds the title as the greatest champion of all Smart, Funny, and Blacks. Right. Like to this point, it's your show. Was the best show of all time. Nice. And we have had incredible shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wayne Brady's up there.
1: I would imagine. He's a legend.
0: Wayne Brady's definitely up there. Uh, Jesse Smollett and Gabriel Sidibe. That mm-hmm. was just a, a, a fight to the death. I mean, it was like Wakanda, you know. <laughs> uh, but Ron... And I, I'm going to this point of reference because like, I had always... I had been a fan. But that's when I liked you. Oh, no. you know what i'm saying because like fandom i feel like is very it's just like over there it's like oh i'm a fan mm-hmm. they do that shit over
1: there you can you can even be a fan without having seen their work exactly like, oh i've heard enough people tell me that you're good that <laughs> i'm a fan of your work
0: <laughs> yes i'm a fan by hearsay mm-hmm. but whereas first of all ron had never met me before Mm-mm. he just came and did the show why, why did, did you come, come and, do, and do, do the show, show? uh why i feel like your show? agent had maybe mentioned it to you Somebody or something yeah sir no your manager
1: yeah 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 because yeah, yeah sir was on the show too yes
0: yeah. but even still you came and did the show and i would never forget because in the beginning of the show you were like yeah, i'm not gonna win you know i'm just gonna do what i do
1: yeah well i mean you know i just chill Um i'm just me i'm i am black person I, you know and i'm very proud of that but I, I would never be like be like yo i'm gonna go win the blackest thing you but know? then
0: you did and not only did you win it you like molly with like pure finesse and pizzazz and my biggest regret with smart Bunny and black to this date is that you all are the only episode we don't have on tape
1: oh crazy that's the only one the only one? The only one.
0: That's cr- What? Why, why? Because the videographer fell through. Oh, man. The only one. So <laughs> I just have to hold it in my heart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was fun just because I got to wear a crown and Yasser was so mad.
0: He was so mad. Yasser, you were so mad.
1: He was legit upset. He
0: was legit upset. Like, he left mm-hmm. without saying bye.
1: Yeah. Well, because, you know, he's so light-skinned that he gets... <laughs> I will not. Caught up in the blackness. He's like, I got to prove it. You know? I got to prove it. I can't let Ron, who lived in Oregon. Show me up. Yeah.
0: Well, Ron is an actor and, more importantly, a comedian. And I always say that because actors, y'all are weird. Mm-hmm. Okay? Not just weird, but a lot of y'all are strange. Okay? You're very actory. and uh, it is the reason why I can't date you because (laughs) you say things that you think make sense and they don't and you're very like in a whole kind of world sometimes Do you ever
1: date rappers?
0: I did date rappers
1: They seem more crazy
0: That's why I know better than to date actors Okay Because I've I've already gone to Mordor mm -hmm. and I've already seen like, you know, the all-seeing eye I'm good
1: I just start like you know I have a couple of friends who are like um, more young rappers like there's a gentleman Michael Christmas who I really enjoy in Boston and um, we're both friends with Less with settle for less mm-hmm. and but I started being able to hang out with some bigger name rappers on some projects and I'm just (laughs) like these guys are fucking nuts. Nuts. Insane.
0: (laughs) Yes. Because like they are coddled in a way that I think is only similar to athletes. Mm. You know where it's like everybody around them is really only there for their own preservation. Not for like the rapper's wellness but for like the people's wellness. Yeah.
1: They don't wear shirts and (laughs) they just I remember I was having dinner and he just comes in and he just goes hey, this bitch this bitch this bitch says I'm bipolar. <laughs> I told her and I told her, look, bitch, look, either I can make good music or I could be in charge of my emotions. I can't do both. <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah. See? See? This is why I Down, date rappers. But there's a bigger message there, which is
1: mental health. Yeah, you got to take care of yourself. You can be a nice person and an artist.
0: Yes, and you can be a strong person. And take care of your mental health.
1: Absolutely.
0: Which a lot of brothers do not believe.
1: You got to. You got to. I'm starting And to more, you know, there's always a stigma, but I'm sorry. I, I haven't saw a therapist yet, but I made my appointment. I got a reference. We're going to meet up because I got a lot of things I carry. You do. Mm-hmm.
0: Every black man in America has a lot of things they carry. That's true. Like humans in general, but the brothers Mm-hmm. I was dating somebody who was like, we don't have PTSD. We have CTSD. This, this shit is current. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, this is going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: But what took me down this road is because, you know, Ron is a comic and I feel like comedians, we just have a different way of operating and a different mind and a, a different way of seeing the world. And I just really, you know, this segment is called People I Like. I only interview people I like. Ask them. <laughs> They were. They are nodding somberly. <laughs> <laughs> I only interview people I like. We've had we've had inquiries, mm-hmm. we've had requests. I'm like I don't I even know, know them. them. I don't know their work. They can't come on people I like. But uh I just love your comedic point of view. Thank you. And I remember like seeing your first Comedy Central half hour, and being like, okay, okay. And then you were on Undateable, mm-hmm. and then you lost a whole person size of weight. Mm-hmm and then I literally saw you again and didn't know that you were Ron punches. That happens. And I was like, Th- that does happen?
1: Yeah, it's weird, but it's fun. <laughs> you get to know how people, I mean, a lot of times people are cool, but it's weird sometimes when you're like, oh, okay, this is all how you saw me. Because sometimes people are like, whoa, I didn't know it was you, and then they just move on. But then sometimes people are like, wow, what, <laughs> what? What and I was like, oh, okay. Now you you just thought it was a fat piece of shit before, uh, so but you just learn how people judge you. It's fun. It's fun lessons. That's a good topic for therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. I
0: would I would assume that the level of pussy that you are yeah. acquiring has ascended greatly.
1: Yeah, but I was always doing good because I'm very charming and just a nice human being. You know, and I treat people nice. So even at my heaviest, I was definitely pulling way out of my league. And now just, you know, just my league is changing. That's it.
0: (laughs) I think this might be from people I love. (laughs) 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 because, And you know this about yourself. The way that you deliver things, the level of like sincerity. Yeah. Why would I not? I'm not
1: going to lie to you. People be lying. But why? Not on people I like. At least it's fun. You know, I live for fun if it's a good time for me. but <laughs> What's a good to time cover? to lie? Like, you know, making jokes, being a fun imp, you know, hanging out. That's why like, me and my last girl, we just broke up. She didn't She didn't like it. She didn't like being made fun of, but it wasn't, which is fine. Like, I understand there's lines, especially with someone that you're intimate with. It's mm-hmm. like, and I would never do anything like physical or anything like that, but I would just do these jokes and I'd just be like, I'm cooler than you. And then she'd be like, no, you're not. And I'd be like, yeah, I am. Here's a bunch of reasons. And then she, and then days later she'd be like, "Can we talk about that?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, but then if she, if if you know that she doesn't like being teased, why would yeah, you do it? Because I love it. So it was more important that you loved it more, than that she didn't like no, it. No, it's
1: not. But it's also like it's hitting tr- all my triggers when it's so. Small when it's just me being like, I'm cooler than you, and then you get this reaction, which is what I want is a reaction.
0: Oh, so you're antagonizing people a little bit, yeah. Ooh, that is not good.
1: I know, but I do them all with my friends too. My friend Gabe, oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, we're making fun of people. I literally can't handle it. And that's why I hear that's what people be telling me. That's probably why I go, I go to this therapy.
0: <laughs> people be telling you that they can't handle it,
1: yeah, they don't like it
0: yeah antagonizing but this was the first is... time
1: this was the first time that was relationship wise uh but i know sometimes i'd be pushing it sometimes i'd make fun of people too much
0: Ooh, i feel like we're about to delve into this sure why do you like making fun of people does it make you feel dominant no maybe maybe it does maybe did I you get made fun of a lot that. yeah of
1: course well, I think But i we also, just solved it my oh, family, no case, Johnson. it's like that's kind of just how we show affection you know like it's uh, love is, and stuff is assumed in my family and, and we like to bust chops you know mm-hmm. it's not like this thing where I need to be like
0: so your love language is not verbal
1: yeah no I mean it, we still like I tell my mom I love her mm-hmm. them, we're very affectionate so kiss my mom on the cheek when I see her you mm-hmm. know it's not we're a very loving family that also loves to talk shit
0: <laughs> I hear that I mean I'm West Indian so that's like our whole existence is just you know if you're not insulted upon entry into the door no one cares about you. Yeah, kind of like that. The insult is my acknowledging if I don't acknowledge you then yeah. it's indifference. Yeah, but it has run into I find your I find yeah. your I find you gain you you you, 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 you. a lot a of weight. weight. Thank you. <laughs> I I'm glad you're paying attention <laughs> to the changes in my body. <laughs> That says love. Thank you. Yeah, but see, to me, that is
1: that I would never do that. You know, okay. I, especially with someone I was seeing, I wouldn't be like, "Oh, you're, you gained some weight." <laughs> I would yeah. never do that. That's terrible. I would just go, well, "I'm cooler than you."
0: <laughs> but did you know that she had an issue with coolness? No, not until then. <laughs> <laughs> not until then. We found out. Well, I will tell you that um antagonizing is one of my biggest pet peeves. Mm-hmm. And I hope that through therapy mm-hmm. you come to see from our point of view on the other side. No, yeah, no I I, I do already see It's not it teasing a though. What do you mean? I feel like teasing and antagonizing are different things. Well, I don't think I'm
1: teasing. I don't think cuz I'm not ever mm. trying to like just fuck with someone. I'm trying to like right, okay. i play with you, you play with me. Like I'm not trying to be you like You want to banter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah you want to banter mm-hmm. no I hear that I hear that antagonizing is like you know I'm going to be upset about this mm-hmm. and so you're going to like I had a date I had a guy that we were going to go on a date and I had said to him like okay so I'm you know I'm going to be out there next week so we're going to go on a date and he was like oh mm-hmm. you, you you expect me to take you on a date and um, I was like yes yeah
1: no I would never do that that's weird that's, and then- <laughs> weird. that's weird shit that's super weird to me no, everything, like anything, that's my number one thing. Anytime I'm hanging out with a lady at all, I'm always like, this is a date. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that's the nerd. Let I feel like know. that right there is the nerd. Let it's like, know. let's make this, this, this very clear.
1: You're, you're on a date with me right now.
0: <laughs> There's intention.
1: It is is. I'm paying. delineated. I'm paying right now. You put your purse away.
0: So you said that you were made fun of. Were mm-hmm. you made fun of for being a nerd? yeah of course yeah. like how what was the what was the angle that they would use uh
1: well you know back as in Southside Chicago so they had a lot was a lot of like you know entry point. just like boom mm. fat there's one and weird uh nerdy uh likes reading books so that which I don't see how that's negative but they would turn it negative um, were you like
0: walking home with like backpacks full of books I love books and I would have like back then um
1: you know, gaming wasn't really cool, and I would always have like my little electronic boutique bag or my Babbage's bag, and and people would just be like, "What?" They just make fun of you for playing video games back then. Um, so a lot of that, and then just being a f- chubby nerd that went to Catholic school. There's a lot, a lot of reasons. And then what? Uh, what kind
0: of stuff were you into, like back then? Mm, what mean, was the nerdy? Things. What was the nerdy stuff? Like you were into video games? Yeah,
1: Power Rangers, Pokemon a lot of pokemon um how old are you how old am i 35
0: really Mm -hmm. i feel like pokemon didn't pop off until like high school for us yeah you know
1: what you're right when i thought about that i was like yeah pokemon was a high school thing so middle school would have been like power rangers yeah yeah
0: power rangers Mm -hmm. what else Anything
1: japanese
0: anything so okay so dragon ball z Mm mm-hmm Big. Definitely. are you an avatar fan
1: yeah i love avatar you did could you say see my it's avatar close up to there? My, re- my religion i didn't
0: are you buddhist no
1: i'm more avatarish <laughs> <laughs> more of an earthbender
0: i am absolutely um i don't think i'm an earthbender i think i am a waterbender okay I am a huge Avatar fan. Yeah, I love Avatar. It's a great story. Very serious. I never started watching Legend of Korra.
1: Oh, it's so good. Is it? It's real good. Okay. You gotta watch it. It's a whole different angle, though. So, you know, like... airbender and Aang's story is all about like this youthful innocence and this kid who who's not aware of his power and how he has to come into his power and a kind of very christ-like
0: mm-hmm. a story yes. with,
1: with Aang. and do you Kor- hear the
0: nerdness guys this is what it is to be a nerd
1: <laughs> he
0: just compared avatar Aang to Jesus Christo. Continue.
1: <laughs> uh, ang is more about uh, a, like a teenage ang... Or excuse me, Cora is about teenage angst and about a, a woman trying to take her power. This is a good lady who she already mm-hmm. has her powers when we first meet her. Okay. And she's using them and she's aware of them. So she's less of like, oh, I don't even know why I'm here. She's more like, look, I'm a badass. I'm gonna be a badass. And then like every guy who either even if they have like good intentions it's kind of like undercutting her her mm. parents are like trying to take her power away and oh, he, wow and so it's like a lot of story about this like just female empowerment and just like a lady it was the only thing where i was like oh okay this show, maybe I don't know for real and I'll never know, but I was like, okay, maybe this is the only show that taught me what it's like to grow up from like a teenage girl into a woman. Like this seems like, like she really at the end is like, just has her own power. She's, she's chasing dudes through the show. And then at the end, she's like, fuck it. I'm gay. <laughs> it's pretty fuck dope. It. It's a pretty dope show.
0: All right, so now I know that I need to get into Legends of Korra. Mm-hmm. Are you nerdy about like any of the um Well, I guess we are we are we have stumbled into that one time. We the conversation you guys was flowing so fluidity-ish uh you know because I am a waterbender uh that we didn't we just stumbled into the next segment. So let's officially enter the next segment and that is that, that one time. time. So on that one time, Ron, we talk about our, how the theme relates to like our lives. So we have just been talking about like how like the nerdiness had affected like your growth and, you know, growing up. And mm-hmm. I am kind of like, I'm very nerdy about like very classic shit like Star Wars, mm-hmm. Star Trek, okay, Lord of the Rings. Okay. Yeah, you know? a different nerd.
1: That's like my son. My son loves Star Wars. Really? He loves it. I've never watched um, I never watched the old ones. I've no, watched the new ones with him.
0: Why haven't you watched them? Just no just interest.
1: Yeah, did not speak. Yeah, not speak to me. It wasn't my jam. Because I mean, my I been a lot of my nerddom is wrapped up in video games and pro wrestling. Like that's where I mean, so much like I started wrestling. So
0: what, rewind selector. What did I miss that? How did I miss that? Was is that on well, your I'm Instagram? Not,
1: I mean, I'm not like you know because I'm not. I mean, occasion on occasion it's in my stories, but you know, how would you see you have so many of your own popping up like a Morse code? <laughs> <true>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, my, my dash game is crazy. It'
1: crazy. It's Apparently,
0: I am winning the internet today because of my stories that I did based on uh, Roseanne. Pushing?
1: Oh, Ro- oh Roseanne getting fired. Yeah. And oh, so such an interesting
0: day. People like, re I know, I was i was like Roseanne versus Drake, like who had the worst day. Mm-hmm. By the time this airs, someone else will have had a worse day than them. Yeah. But just as looking back in time, guys.
1: Roseanne fucked more people over. Whew. Drake took it more, like the more personal loss, but also Pusha's a bully. That's a bully move.
0: Is it? Drake th- started it. Did he? I thought Pusha started it. Pusha did like a line in a song. That's starting it. It's you know what I always say, and you know well, that how you, I
1: feel. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You go ahead.
0: I always say that you choose your battles, but you choose your weapon. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're going to choose that battle, be careful of what weapon you choose because it's going to de- it's going to determine what someone else comes back with. Mm-hmm. So he could have gone with a Nerf gun, or he could have just not chosen the battle. Mm-hmm. No, no one, one would, would have cared. cared. Yeah. If Drake, uh, so Had you should also know it. that I'm a nerd about hip hop. No, of course. I'm a full. Hi- no. I mean. <laughs> If you're in this room you see that I'm a full hip hop nerd. We have like classic uh issues of the source and by magazine. We have all these records. You know, I have like pictures from Style Wars that mm-hmm. I printed out on a printer. You got a picture
1: with Outkast where Andre 3000 looks like a regular human. So you know it was long
0: ago. It was that was 05. So long ago. That was 05. That was my first interview that I ever did ever. And it was uh for Speaker Box Love Below. and so when I'm talking about hip hop like I'm not just talking about it as like a fan I'm talking about it as somebody who has really implemented a lot of energy into this y'all my masters from Columbia is in African American studies with a concentration in hip hop
1: so it's not good for any real job
0: <laughs> Except for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I figured this shit out.
1: <laughs>
0: Cause I'm just like, I've never liked the style of beef that's mm-hmm. really just like, well, I know that you had done this person and you had did this person like Tupac started that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean to me, it just seemed like a setup. He got set up and he fell into the setup. You know, he's like, I'm gonna put out these lines about you drake always likes to respond to things and then he responded and then he was like okay i was waiting for you to respond here we go but because whose fault Pusha is that has, it's drake's fault for falling into Toronto. it but it doesn't make pushing not a bully you know he's set up because he doesn't Pusha's have definitely to a bully yeah. i've known
0: him for an extremely long time
1: yeah like because it's just literally drake sitting at home chilling <laughs> like had helped kanye on his shit. And then he's re- listening and they're, and they're talking and they're like, you don't write your raps and you're fake and you're Will Smith a rap. And he's like, oh, what? <laughs> so- and then he just goes back and goes like, Oh, come on. Why'd you do that? I work with your boss. <laughs> I work with your boss sometimes, and you're actually a pretty nice guy. I don't know why all your songs are about drugs. I'll see you at the next potluck. <laughs> and then, then Push like, You got no kid while porn star.
0: Ooh, was like, that shit that's I a was bully. like
1: That's a bully.
0: Damn. I saw a tweet that took me out where someone said, Drake at the crib breaking all of his favorite vases. Yeah, right that now. was funny. And that. Took me to another. It's funny. It's
1: real personal, but also it's like, how, however Drake wants to spin it. Got like, killed with porn star. That could be a success. That's a success. <laughs> That's a victory in some regards.
0: But see, I feel like these types of things like are a part of like what makes nerds nerds because there's a certain level of escapism mm-hmm. in being able to delve all the way into knowing about another world that maybe not be your world. But I think that true nerds always kind of find a way to like insert themselves into that space because you eventually want to be like a part of that world in a real way like i yeah. love hearing that you're now wrestling because i've known that you love wrestling mm-hmm. and it's a very big part of like your nerddom so how did you get into that like what made you be like fuck it i gotta put on the belt uh <laughs> <laughs> you gotta put on the belt <laughs> i gotta get the belt
1: um I mean, like you said, I've always loved wrestling, I always loved wrestling, I always loved stand-up, those are things that I've loved as far as I've known my whole life, and those were the two things that I had interest in, in doing as, as as a job. And so I was like, oh, I'm doing stand-up. And then I had a friend of mine who um, passed away. Uh, he had a brain brain tumor and mm, he passed away uh, from complications of it. And then, you know, you just kind of spiral and you go like, oh, shit, people die and I'm going to die. So if I want to wrestle, I should probably do it. And so I just enrolled, you know, a little bit. After Are there the new classes? hmm It's like a college, you know. Oh fun they have classes, it's called Santino Brothers, it's in the uh, Bell Gardens. Um they have their own little it's like in a little storage unit. They have two storage units and then um at first I was in classes three days a week but then I couldn't with my with comedy and stuff I couldn't do that. Yeah. So I started just doing one day a week with, with my with a personal dude. And so I just go once a week. It beats me up running against the ropes. <laughs> it doesn't look. It doesn't look athletic. Uh, but but we stick sticking into it. I have. It, I love it. I have fun. Do a lot more push ups and squats now. So that's good.
0: I really feel like the nerdiness of folks, people take nerddom. And for a long time, like you said, growing up, it's like, it was looked at like a negative. It was looked at as this thing that just like made people like want to distance themselves from you. And now I feel like we're in a different time. And now and you have a son who's, you know, adolescent. And it's like, do you feel like nerddom has changed for like his generation? I just
1: think it's more, embrace as far as everyone has these little pockets and, and that's mm. what a lot of like you know different youtube channels and and Niche. podcasts and things uh, like this where you're just like you don't need to be for everybody you know you can just be a thing that that certain people love and, and that's okay and and he watches all his little uh i mean To me, it's a whole nother level where it's like he spends less time playing video games and more time watching other people play video games. And it's weird to me, Mm. but I get it.
0: Like, that's his thing, that's what he likes. Um, they really do watch the kid. The you know what blows me the the unwrapping of boxes, mm-hmm. the oh, unboxing. I get, it, I get that. What
1: is it? Explain it to me. I just always like the electronics. I like opening things. I like the new the smell when you open up a new console. But I don't get to oh, smell it.
0: I know, but you get to. You my homeboy Benoni like will make videos just for my joy because I like watching him specifically. Mm-hmm. He unboxed. A shredder, and it was the nerdiest shit I had ever seen in my life. And the grand finale was like putting something through the shredder and being like, oh, "Wow, it's shred! <laughs> it's shreds. The shreddation! Woo! wee. you better shred! You better shred! <laughs> you better! Show, you better! Show, you better shred! Well." I am I feel like the the goal to anyone out there listening. I love what you just said about realizing you know it's unfortunate that it, it was your friend passing that really was the trigger for it. but if you can find a way to like turn your nerdery into a career or into a hobby that helps you sustain your sanity, like mm-hmm. n- jump on that shit. It's awesome. It's fun when people take the things that used to make fun, like
1: my voice. A lot of things that um, people made fun of me as a kid is what I used to make money now. It's it's real fun. It's and a lot of things that I embrace are, are, are helpful to me. Like I get a lot more um, fans from the wrestling community, from from video games and things that I would if I just was like, I'm a stand up, and this is what I mm. do, and this is it. You know, I love being able to go outside those worlds and just be like oh i'm at i'm at some wrestling event you know in the front row and then people see me there and they're excited you know that's yep. helpful for me
0: i feel the same way i feel like if i was just like a stand-up or just a black dress, like it would be it would feel very limiting but then when i am like on a on a broomstick at harry potter world <laughs> flying you know through Diagon Alley people are like oh she's on something else by the way y'all I recently was bored I I wasn't bored bored. I I was was procrastinating procrastinating. Um, and I went on Pottermore and now that I'm turning 37 in July, I said, you know, maybe it's time to get sorted again by the sorting hat because, you know, things change or mm-hmm. you change. And are you a Harry Potter fan? No, never been into it, but I, I'm, a, I, I, I'm embracing it. It's just it's everything you for you. me. Yeah, it's everything. Yeah. My and only. I have been Gryffindor for the last, you know, basically 18 years. Mm-hmm. And turns out. I am Ravenclaw. I have become Ravenclaw. You should have seen the earnestness on Rebecca's face just now. Like, what is she gonna say? I mean, I know. I was never Hufflepuff. We all knew that, but I am, um, and I was never Slytherin. We all knew that. I think maybe I could have been Slytherin actually. There's because I'm not dark, but I am sharp, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am sharp. But um, what would
1: I be? I don't know anything. Oh, about you're it. so Hufflepuff.
0: Okay, that sounds good. Isn't he? He's totally Hufflepuff.
1: Is that good or bad? It's all of it good. is good. Okay, all of
0: them are good. All of them are good. Okay, all of them are good. Hufflepuff is basically like you're kind spirited. Mm-hmm, um, I'm you're loyal. Okay, everyone's smart. Good, you know. So that's always in it. It's just about it's about how you're using your smarts. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have learned today, you know, that you do have a bit of Slytherin in you because mm-hmm. you'd be antagonizing Malfoys. Yeah, but at the core. I feel like there's hufflepuffery going on.
1: Okay. Oh, well, I love. Yeah, that sounds fun. I just like saying it. <laughs> Say Hufflepuff. my hufflepuffery. <laughs> That's fun. Jigglypuff, Jigglypuff, yeah. Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff.
0: <laughs> I um, I'm very happy to have you on the show.
1: It's fun to be here. It's fun to see your home and all your things. It's pretty much how I imagine. Is it? It's a lot of things. There's a Malcolm X book. I knew you have that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's some Terry McMillan.
0: Uh. <laughs> yeah, there's there's. I feel like my nerdery is like very clear. Like I wear it on my sleeve. My car's name is Khaleesi, Um, <laughs> naturally because it's white on the outside with a red interior. So that makes perfect sense um are you a game of throneser
1: no i'm wow. not that's what's always people don't they think that i'm gonna be a part of the general nerdery you're not no i'm mm-hmm, very specific
0: which is very nerdy in that mm-hmm. the, speci- the specificity is nerdy in itself yeah
1: yeah but yeah no game of thrones no lord of the rings no never been a fantasy person but always because okay. i think that's the only part where I get where I feel racial because I'm always like I don't it feels white but
0: Mm. it's interesting because I agree with you 1000% but for some reason it doesn't bother me because it's not pretending to be real life Mm -hmm. when I see real life
1: yeah Oh, yeah, that like when black... people are when people love like Greece and like f- the 50s <laughs> stuff, and I'm just like, no, it sounds because that was a lot of my t- being in Oregon as a teenager. That was a lot of my like teenage dates was seeing Greece with <laughs> some girl, and I just be like, dude, it seemed like I would have a horrible time in this in this landscape.
0: <laughs> we go together
1: No. Nah. nah not really I'ma sweep up after y'all finish dancing
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh my god that's a sketch
1: <laughs> that's
0: a sketch that's like the series of sketches like these like classic white movies and like what the black people were actually doing at that time yeah like stuff like American in Paris and Singing in the Rains like if it had been a black man singing in the rain, <laughs> we would have seen a different outcome. I mean, these somebody would have just called the cops on them at this point.
1: <laughs> that one lady. That one lady. That one lady.
0: I've even become nerdy about memes. Like I feel like I that's love a, a whole good meme. I love a good meme, but now they have like meme origins. Like they have the etymology. Yeah, you'll find of memes. out where it
1: came from. Yeah. Like the rap battle one that everybody loves. <laughs>
0: which i remember when that came out originally Mm. you know so i um i appreciate nerds and everyone out who's out there if someone if you're around folks that don't appreciate your nerdery get get new
1: folks you should just try and make you conform they try and make you live in a box and be like this isn't cool but like what is cool nobody knows that's what i learned from moving from chicago to oregon i was like okay what's cool in chicago not cool in oregon what's cool in Oregon? Definitely not cool in Chicago. Definitely not so it's just like, oh, I could like whatever I like. And I feel like that's the biggest thing. Keep your individuality so that you have something to talk about, especially if you want to work in art or anything in that regard. Like you can't just be people that try to make you conform. You know what it is. Everybody knows. That.
0: <laughs> I could listen to Ron talk literally all day.
1: Do you oh, have a podcast? You. No, but I was thinking about starting one after I, because I'm getting ready to tape my special and a couple of weeks and so I was like I want to do something to help me generate more um, material and um, have more direct reach to fans and stuff so at first I was like oh everybody has a podcast so I don't think I want to do one but then I was like oh everybody has Twitter and if I was a comedian without Twitter I'd be like are you really a comedian you know mm. so I'm feeling the same way about podcasts right now a little bit but I just got to find out what's my angle I don't know if I want guests or not I don't know what I want to do but I think I'm going to do one We'll figure it out.
0: I think that there is a only it's like you you gotta have a certain point of view and certain uniqueness to like handle the podcast all by yourself, yeah, and I think you're someone who could do it.
1: That seems weird. I don't know if people would want to hear hear my slow tones for that for an hour a week. you know
0: it doesn't have to be an hour. it could be thirty minutes, but oh, we do actually true. to be honest okay. Yeah, this right here is soothing as shit. And then if you have some like dolphins in the background. Yeah, well, I feel like I would just talk about a lot of things, but, you know, my own
1: nerd stuff and then losing health things, losing weight. I don't know. We could pitch it later. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm excited about your special. I have not shot a special yet. Okay. And why'd you
1: turn it about you right after?
0: Why did I turn it? About? Well, it is my show that's true so but
1: it felt like you judged yourself
0: against me right after I mentioned it no I was inspired by you you inspired yeah I like it I was not judged but I see you trying to antagonize like I'm not I'm trying not to antagonize I'm just trying to figure
1: out where you go I'm excited about your special I haven't done a special yet no because I was about
0: to ask you what's the process about how you do it because I don't have the re- I don't have a frame of reference because I haven't done mine yet so I, I was about to ask you I haven't done either uh, well I saw your th- when I saw I saw your half hour yeah so that was a special. Okay, okay.
1: People be loose with these words about specials now. I know, I know. Netflix, it's not. Uh... They try to make people, everything's a special. I'm like, like is it a special
0: shit. if it's 12 minutes?
1: I don't think so. I Me don't... personally, I don't think some of these hours is special. But well, that's a whole different story.
0: And that's part of our, <laughs> I don't know if that's us being comedy nerds or comedy snobs. Both. Yeah.
1: But yeah, you know, I mean, but I happily talk about that. I just don't like it. But that's my position to be in. If I was in another position, I would be like, yeah, give me the money. But, you know, I always felt like a special is about you have this material, you honed it, you're done with it, it's time to move on. And it seems like now, because they're demanding things and they're pulling older people and retired comedians, that it's more about, like, we have this money, will you now write, will you reverse engineer mm. a special? Yeah. And then they don't look good, and then everybody watches them and... and as much as we love stand-up and stuff, it's not as known as an art form as I think people understand. So when when these are the ones that are shown, it's like, oh, you're making it look like anybody could do this. You're making it look bad. You're making it look like... It's the same... My same issue with, like, The Roast, where they get people... When they get my friends with the best minds in comedy to write jokes for like Martha Stewart or whatever Mm -hmm. and I'm just like oh so then you just it looks like anybody could do it because nobody's going oh they wrote a great joke for Martha Stewart they're going Martha Stewart's hilarious did you know she's hilarious (laughs) and it just undercuts the fact that not everybody's funny and it's a talent it's a skill and I think it should be giving more respect than it is I think Kevin Hart shouldn't be the only one with shoes I want shoes I want my own sneakers everybody should be out here doing it and, and lifting up this art form and I think sometimes what they do undercuts it but that's my personal opinion and if they hired me I probably wouldn't feel the same way so <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think there is something to be said for oversaturation. you know what I mean I think like comedy especially like in recent years has become a lot more like accessible to folks like as like a overall like it used to be a nerd space you know and now it's become like a part of like the pop culture zeitgeist in a whole different way with like you said like netflix and um you know then there was CISO, and you know there were just like factions that were like no we want to put comedy into the mainstream Mm -hmm. and so and like even with kevin hart like kevin hart has been somebody who's like brought comedy into the mainstream in a different way
1: big 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 fan just from the amount of what he's able to do the the Make in the regard of making stand-up look cool. Yeah. And to me, that's important. And that's something that's not... It's always been, like, this... Goofy thing and like these headshots where people are taking their heads off and holding their own heads, and it's just like <laughs> I want to do headshots where I look sexy and cool and dope because that's what I am, and so that's what I should. You better be about. tell brah!
0: You better tell him. <laughs> but honestly, I agree with you because even as a woman, it was like, oh, like you're too pretty to be funny. Like you, like that was the whole part of the whole stand-up shtick as well. It was like you're you can't be an attractive woman and be taken seriously as a comic. Like mm-hmm. you need to be dressed down and you know, like muddle that. And then even as a black comic, it was like, if you're not doing this particular kind of comedy. Oh, yeah, that's my whole life. Yeah. And so, like, that's for me with Smart, Funny, and Black, like, that's how, that's, like, my original reason for starting it was because it was like, nah, like, just because we're black and we're approaching the humor from a cerebral space doesn't make it any less Negro.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's how I always felt about it and what's funny to me is that I started comedy in like Salem, Oregon which is not a black stronghold at all. No, it is not. Somehow doing these jokes in this Chinese restaurant called Lucky Fortune. I found the one black room in Salem, Oregon (laughs) and they're just like, nah, you're
0: (laughs) (laughs) They said, nah. Nah, I don't
1: like what you're doing. I don't like your style. (laughs) Damn, Salem,
0: Oregon. Damn, Lucky. What was it called? Lucky 7? Lucky Fortune. Lucky fortune. Yeah. Well, fortunately yeah. for all of us, you did not listen, Mm-mm. and you kept going. Mm-hmm. um I'm excited about your special. Thank you so much. Period. Thank you. I'm pausing so he knows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pausing so that he knows that that's the finishing of the thought. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm looking forward to you coming up with a podcast. Thank
1: you. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to new phases, you know. Always try to get better.
0: Do you see any new nerd phases happening? Is there anything of your interest that's just like a new peaking of interest mm. that you're just now getting into? Uh,
1: I mean, we're playing with a lot of Nerf guns in my house. That's a new mm. thing. I don't think that's going to translate into regular guns, but okay. um, I think Nerf guns is probably going to keep going um i think i'm becoming a nerd because i have a house now i'm becoming Ooh. a nerd about like home, home improvement and yeah, yeah, all that yeah, 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 yes. yeah so there's that where i'm like oh what can i do what can i do to make my house a little bit better And my son's a total weirdo nerd he turned 15 and his I was like what do you want for your birthday and he wanted a bunch of things but his main gift is that he wanted a bidet for his toilet <laughs> he wanted me to, you can add these little things to make your toilet a bidet and that's what he wanted for his 15th did you birthday. get it? yeah of course that's what my boy wanted
0: alright <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that was possible mm-hmm. um, and that is what nerddom is it is introducing you to new things on a regular basis that you never knew. And then from there, you get introduced into new things and new things and new things and new things. So I hope I introduce some of y'all who did not know about Ron Punches to Ron Punches today because that's what we do here at Small Doses. So you said your Twitter is popping, so you got to listen to... Yeah, Twitter, at
1: raw Funches, come listen to people. Uh, (laughs) I retweet a lot of things. I say some random jokes on occasion. I post a lot about uh, whatever wrestling I'm watching. I'm currently in a battle with the entire city of San Antonio. Uh, Why is that? I'm going um, there next week. uh, Where you at? The LOL? No, I'm actually... I'm doing an event. Oh, an event, event. Yeah. Um... I just was doing shows at this place called LOL, and like it wasn't even that bad. It was just mediocre, and the hotel was shitty. And <laughs> there's like a big church convention going on there too. What hotel is it so I can make sure I'm not famous? It was Hyatt, Hyatt Place at okay. the airport, and um, and so there's a big church convention too. And so every time we try to smoke weed, people would get weird. And um, so I just p- tweeted how like I was like ah oh, I hate it. I'm having a bad time. I don't like it here in San Antonio. Shows aren't going well, which They weren't going well, because they weren't, you know, but they weren't, like, I wasn't bombing. But then the next thing I know, some San Antonio person wrote a big old blog about it, about comedian bombs in San Antonio, leaves crude message for whole city. And then I was like, that's funny.
0: And so, <laughs> so then
1: I laughed about that. And then the next day, like, a bunch of San Antonio comedians started get, talking to me oh, about it. Oh, come on. And then the next day, I went to Laugh Factory and TMZ interviewed me about it. And I was like, oh, I didn't know I had real beef with San Antonio. Wow. So I'm going to stick to it and, and, you know, keep it up on your podcast and just say, fuck San Antonio. <laughs> In all regards. You're not about nothing. you horrible as a place and a city. Uh, no. It's just gross. If anybody is cool, they just move to Austin or Houston. Damn, uh, you know San Antonio's for losers. That's why they no. lost the Alamo. Just lost the Alamo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and with that, you know we have a full nerd because that nigga dissed you with history. <laughs> the last dove. Shout out to all my nerdy nerds. I hope you guys feel, like, empowered, you know what I mean, in your nerdery after this episode. I feel like we definitely live in, like, a much more nerd-friendly environment these days, but some of us don't. Some of us are like, I live in a family of really generic, basic people that find it very odd that I have deep interests in things, you know, and they make me feel like I am excessive or difficult or or strange by simply just wanting to know more. Because it's really all it is about being a nerd. It's just wanting to know more. And it just so happens that there's these like pockets of pop culture where wanting to know more has been like, where they've created spaces for people who want to know more to keep knowing more. I mean, the first season of Game of Thrones, HBO had an interactive map on their site. You think I didn't spend hours of my life Looking at that interactive map, that's how I know what Mordor, not Mordor, look at that. I'm crisscrossing my nerdery. Oh, my God. That's how I know when I'm flying. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that like I will be flying over something and I'll be like, oh, this is Highgarden, home to Aliana, um, Ole- Oh, my God, Martel. I'm really hungry, so I'm forgetting some of this shit. But let me just say this. Um, being a nerd is fun. It's also just like fun. Like when I was growing up, I've always been a nerd. Like I was the kid who would get an encyclopedia out and just like open it to dinosaurs and I would just look at it. I just look at it. And now to this day, I just like no dinosaurs. I would do the same thing with dog breeds, I would do the same thing with cat breeds. <laughs> I was going to say Martell is Dorn. Martell is Dorn. It's Tyrell. It's House Tyrell. All is all, fair. All is fair in Love in Game of Thrones. All is fair. I understand. Listen, and the reality is, is that we have been uh, devoid of Game of Thrones for far too long. So it's only natural that we would be a little stale with our information. Fair. Completely understood. But, yeah, like, so anyone out there who has kids and, you know, encourage the nerdery in your kids. Because what being a nerd is is just saying, like, I want to know more. And part of knowing more is about also, like, dedication and discipline and research. And in this day and age, listen, ain't enough research going on. Too many people are willing to take things at face value. Too many folks are willing to simply just, like, regurgitate something that they read on the AV Club or whatever and not actually (laughs) – have the source information i mean i know somebody that was dating a woman and she was arguing with him about the validity of um black panther and she had never seen the movie and he was like halfway through the argument he was like wait a minute how are we arguing about something that you have not seen the source material for that's how how you you know this person was was an academic. academic but the reality is is that that's what this is this has become a world of people arguing about shit that they don't know the source material for Our president don't know the source material. Your president don't know the source material for shit. He's just talking out of his ass. You know, so we need nerds. Because nerds are who are going to prevent us from just turning into a pile of dust on an earth that has ignored the fact that there is a global warming phenomenon and, and ridiculous thing happening. Nerds are who warned They warned about Katrina. Nerds are who warned about the fact that New Orleans was a basin that was going to overflow. Nerds are who have created the magistrate that is Harry Potter. Not just J.K. Rowling. Nerds are who have pushed her to build that world and grow it out. And now you have so many kids who are finding themselves and, you know, exploring this space of the world, wizarding world of Harry Potter to, like, find some semblance of, like, sense of self and identity. You can't ignore nerds. You can't because honestly, it's like, it's not a negative thing to be a nerd. It's not a geek thing. It's not a dweeb thing. It's simply about just saying like, I want to know more. And I feel like we should encourage that on every plane to everybody. Even if you're an athlete, you want to know more about how to stay safe and not get a fucking concussion series of concussions that leads to CTE. You want to know about your body. When I was a gymnast, you had to be a nerd, not just about. You know, like gymnasts, you know, the stars, but you had to be a nerd about skills so that you could learn, like, what were the best skills that you could be doing for your body type? You know, you'd like literally come in like, oh, you know, I like this beam mount because it works for me. And you had to be a nerd to do that. So... Shout out to my nerds, man. You guys are one of a kind. And before we go, the nerd himself, who so graciously hung out with us today, Ron Funches, will be recording the special that we talked about uh, June 19th in Seattle, Washington at the Neptune. And I am very happy about him shooting his special now that he's gone though I will tell y'all that I really can't wait to one day shoot my own special and it is very exciting to hear my peers shooting their specials because it lets you know that you are real close you know what I'm saying you right there in the ballpark and I love hearing everyone's process and how they look at specials and I'm agreeing uh, with, with Ron that I feel like specials aren't being treated as special no more like people are not treating them with the same level of like um, of of meticulousness you know I want I want I want my special to be just like a whole moment I want it to be special you know I don't want it to be like I got fucked under the bleachers and then the person didn't talk to me anymore you know what I mean I want it to be like I you know lost my virginity on Martin Luther King's birthday and so it holds some type of like you know to someone I love like I want it to feel like that which is exactly what happened. Have a good one, y'all.